You're listening to the Bible Chunks Read-Through Podcast in association with the Limadine Bible Reading Plan and Charles River Church. To have your own copy of this reading plan sent straight to your inbox, you can sign up at charlesriver.lmd.church. For more information about Charles River Church, visit charlesriverchurch.com. We read the whole story to make whole disciples of Jesus. Hey, welcome to Bible Chunks, where we read through the Bible in the chunks or sections based on themes that it was designed to be read in so we can get a better handle on the story of God. My name's Kevin. That's enough about me. Let's dive into the Word. Today we'll be reading Esther 6.1 through 10.3, finishing out the book of Esther today, 76 verses. On that night, the king could not sleep, and he gave orders to bring the book of memorable deeds, the Chronicles, and they were read before the king. And it was found written how Mordecai had told about Bigtha and Teresh, two of the king's eunuchs who guarded the threshold and who had sought to lay hands on King Ahasuerus. And the king said, What honor or distinction has been bestowed on Mordecai for this? The king's young men who attended him said, Nothing has been done for him. And the king said, Who's in the court? Now Haman had just entered the outer court of the king's palace to speak to the king about having Mordecai hanged on the gallows that he had prepared for him. And the king's young men told him, Haman is there standing in the court. The king said, Let him come in. So Haman came in, and the king said to him, What should be done to the man whom the king delights to honor? And Haman said to himself, Whom would the king delight to honor more than me? And Haman said to the king, For the man whom the king delights to honor, let royal robes be brought which the king has worn and the horse that the king has ridden and on whose head a royal crown is set and let the robes and the horse be handed over to one of the king's most noble officials let them dress the man whom the king delights to honor and let them lead him on the horse through the square of the city proclaiming before him thus shall it be done to the man whom the king delights to honor then the king said to haman hurry Take the robes and the horse, as you have said, and do so to Mordecai the Jew, who sits at the king's gate. Leave out nothing that you have mentioned. So Haman took the robes and the horse, and he dressed Mordecai, and led him through the square of the city, proclaiming before him, Thus shall it be done to the man whom the king delights to honor. Then Mordecai returned to the king's gate, but Haman hurried to his house, mourning, and with his head covered, And Haman told his wife, Zeresh, and all his friends everything that had happened to him. Then his wise men and his wife, Zeresh, said to him, If Mordecai, before whom you have begun to fall, is of the Jewish people, you will not overcome him, but will surely fall before him. While they were yet talking with him, the king's eunuchs arrived and hurried to bring Haman to the feast that Esther had prepared. So the king and Haman went into the feast with Queen Esther. And on the second day, as they were drinking wine after the feast, the king again said to Esther, What is your wish, Queen Esther? It shall be granted you. And what is your request? Even to half of my kingdom it shall be fulfilled. Then Queen Esther answered, If I have found favor in your sight, O king, and if it please the king, let my life be granted me for my wish, and my people for my request. For we have been sold, I and my people, to be destroyed, to be killed, and to be annihilated. If we had been sold merely as slaves, men and women, I would have been silent, for our affliction is not compared with the loss to the king. 
Then King Ahasuerus said to Queen Esther, Who is he? Where is he? Who has dared to do this? And Esther said, A foe, an enemy, this wicked Haman. Then Haman was terrified before the king and the queen. And the king arose in his wrath from the wine drinking and went into the palace garden. But Haman stayed to beg for his life from Queen Esther, for he saw that harm was determined against him by the king. And the king returned from the palace garden to the palace where they were drinking wine, as Haman was falling on the couch where Esther was. And the king said, Will he even assault the queen in my presence in my own house? As the word left the mouth of the king, they covered Haman's face. Then Harbona, one of the eunuchs in attendance on the king, said, Moreover, the gallows that Haman has prepared for Mordecai, whose word saved the king, is standing at Haman's house, fifty cubits high. And the king said, Hang him on that. So they hanged Haman on the gallows that he had prepared for Mordecai, and the wrath of the king abated. On that day, King Ahasuerus gave Queen Esther the house of Haman, the enemy of the Jews. And Mordecai came before the king, for Esther had told what he was to her. And the king took off his signet ring, which he had taken from Haman, and gave it to Mordecai. And Esther set Mordecai over the house of Haman. Then Esther spoke again to the king. She fell at his feet and wept and pleaded with him to avert the evil plan of Haman the Agagite and the plot that he had devised against the Jews. When the king held out the golden scepter to Esther, Esther rose and stood before the king, and she said, If it please the king, and if I have found favor in his sight, and if the thing seems right before the king, and I am pleasing in his eyes, let an order be written to revoke the letters devised by Haman the Agagite, the son of Hamadatha, which he wrote to destroy the Jews who were in all the provinces of the king. For how can I bear to see the calamity that is coming to my people? Or how can I bear to see the destruction of my kindred? Then King Ahasuerus said to Queen Esther and Mordecai the Jew, Behold, I have given Esther the house of Haman, and they have hanged him on the gallows, because he intended to lay his hands on the Jews. But you may write as you please with regard to the Jews in the name of the king, and seal it with the king's ring. For an edict written in the name of the king and sealed with the king's ring cannot be revoked. The king's scribes were summoned at that time, in the third month, which is the month of Sivan, on the twenty-third day, and an edict was written according to all that Mordecai commanded concerning the Jews, to the satraps and to the governors and the officials of the provinces from India to Ethiopia, 127 provinces, to each province in its own script and to, its, to each people in its own language, and also to the Jews in their script and their language. And he wrote in the name of King Ahasuerus and sealed it with the king's signet ring, and he sent the letters by mounted couriers riding on swift horses that were used in the king's service, bred from the royal stud, saying that the king allowed the Jews who were in every city to gather and defend their lives, to destroy, to kill, and to annihilate any armed force of any people or province that might attack them, children and women included, and to plunder their goods. On one day throughout all the provinces of King Ahasuerus, on the thirteenth day of the twelfth month, which is the month of Adar, a copy of what was written was to be issued as a decree in every province being publicly displayed to all peoples, and the Jews were to be ready on that day to take vengeance on their enemies. So the couriers mounted on their swift horses that were used in the king's service, rode out hurriedly, urged by the king's command, and decree was issued in Susa the citadel. Then Mordecai went out from the presence of the king in royal robes of blue and white, with a great golden crown and a robe of fine linen and purple, and the city of Susa shouted and rejoiced. The Jews had light and gladness and joy and honor in every province and every city, wherever the king's command and his edict reached. There was gladness and joy among the Jews, a feast, 
and a holiday, and many from the peoples of the country declared themselves Jews, for fear of the Jews had fallen on them. Now in the twelfth month, which is the month of Adar, on the thirteenth day of the same, when the king's command and edict were about to be carried out on the very day when the enemies of the Jews hoped to gain the mastery over them, the reverse occurred. The Jews gained mastery over those who hated them. The Jews gathered in their cities throughout all the provinces of King Ahasuerus to lay hands on those who sought their harm. And no one could stand against them, for the fear of them had fallen on all peoples. All the officials of all the provinces and the satraps and the governors and the royal agents also helped the Jews, for the fear of Mordecai had fallen on them. For Mordecai was great in the king's house, and his fame spread throughout all the provinces. For the man Mordecai grew more and more powerful. The Jews struck all their enemies with the sword, killing and destroying them and did as they pleased to those who hated them. In Susa, the citadel itself, the Jews killed and destroyed five hundred men, and also killed Parshadatha, and Dalphon, and Aspatha, and Portha, and Adila, and Aridatha, and Parmshatha, and Erisai, and Eridai, and Vaistha, the ten sons of Haman, the son of Hamadatha, the enemy of the Jews. But they laid no hand on the plunder. That very day the number of those killed in Susa the citadel was reported to the king. And the king said to Queen Esther, In Susa the citadel the Jews have killed and destroyed five hundred men, and also the ten sons of Haman. What then have they done in the rest of the king's provinces? Now what is your wish? It shall be granted you. And what further is your request? It shall be fulfilled. And Esther said, If it please the king, let the Jews who are in Susa be allowed tomorrow also to do according to today's edict. And let the ten sons of Haman be hanged on the gallows. So the king commanded this to be done. A decree was issued in Susa, and the ten sons of Haman were hanged. The Jews who were in Susa gathered also on the fourteenth day of the month of Adar, and they killed three hundred men in Susa, but they laid no hands on the plunder. Now the rest of the Jews who were in the king's provinces also gathered to defend their lives, and got relief from their enemies, and killed seventy-five thousand of those who hated them, but they laid no hand on the plunder. This was on the thirteenth day of the month of Adar, and on the fourteenth day they rested and made that day a day of feasting and gladness. But the Jews who were in Susa gathered on the thirteenth day and the fourteenth, and rested on the fifteenth day, making that day of feasting and gladness. Therefore the Jews of the villages who live in the rural towns hold the fourteenth day of the month of Adar as a day for gladness and feasting, as a holiday, and as a day on which they send gifts of food to one another. And Mordecai recorded these things and sent letters to all the Jews who were in the provinces of King Ahasuerus, both near and far, obliging them to keep the fourteenth day of the month of Adar and also the fifteenth day of the same year by year, as the days on which the Jews got relief from their enemies and as the month that they had been turned for them for, from sorrow into gladness and from mourning into a holiday, that they should make them days of feasting and gladness, days for sending gifts of food to one another and gifts to the poor. So the Jews accepted what they had started to do and what Mordecai had written to them. For Haman the Agagite, the son of Hamadatha, the enemy of the Jews, had plotted against the Jews to destroy them, and had cast pur, that is, cast lots, to crush and destroy them. But when it came before the king, he gave orders in writing that his evil plan and they had devised against the Jews should return on his own head, and that he and his sons should be hanged on the gallows. Therefore they called these days Purim, after the term pur. Therefore, because of all that was written in this letter, and of what they had faced in the matter, and of what had happened to them, the Jews firmly obligated themselves and their offspring, and all who joined them, 
that without fail they would keep these two days according to what was written and the time appointed every year, that these days should be remembered and kept throughout every generation, in every clan, province, and city, and that these days of Purim should never fall into disuse among the Jews, nor should the commemoration of these days cease among their descendants. Then Queen Esther, the daughter of Abihail, and Mordecai the Jew, gave full written authority confirming this second letter about Purim. Letters were sent to all the Jews, to the 127 provinces of the kingdom of Ahasuerus, in the words of peace and truth, that these days of Purim should be observed at their appointed seasons, as Mordecai the Jew and Queen Esther obligated them, and as they had obligated themselves and their offspring with regard to their fasts and lamenting. The command of Esther confirmed these practices of Purim and was recorded in writing. King Ahasuerus imposed tax on the land and on the coastlands of the sea, and all the acts of his power and might and the full account of the high honor of Mordecai to which the king advanced him, are they not written in the book of the chronicles of the kings of Media and Persia? For Mordecai the Jew was second in rank to King Ahasuerus, and he was great among the Jews and popular with the multitude of his brothers, for he sought the welfare of his people and spoke peace to all his people. Today we end the book of Esther, this book of reversals. The first part of the book talks about, uh, it, it focuses on Haman and all of the evil that he plans to do against Mordecai and Mordecai's people, the Jews. And then the second half of the book is an example after example of God's providence to protect his people and to bring Mordecai, uh, sorry, to bring Haman's evil upon his own head. And so it starts with uh, Haman, who had just been, like, just had the best night. He was out with the, the queen and the king all by himself, and, and then Mordecai wouldn't bow down to him, and so he was so mad. So he goes back to his friend or his family, and they, they tell him, let a gallows be made. Let's hang Mordecai. Let's get this guy dead and be over with it. And so uh, Haman thinks that's a great idea. So he goes to the king's palace. Little does he know that the king was having trouble sleeping. And so he had his servants bring out this book of stories, this book of the chronicles of things that had happened. And he hears about how Mordecai had saved his life from a plot against him. And so he asks, what has been done for this guy? And they, they say, nothing. Nothing's been done for him. And so, uh, as Haman comes in, the king is thinking about Mordecai and how to honor him. And so he asks, hey, Haman, what would you do to the man that the, the king wants to honor? And so Haman assumes, because he's a proud man, he assumes this is the funny, like, every time I read this, it makes me want to laugh and I have to calm down. He assumes that he's talking about him. So he's like, let the best things happen to him. Give him your robe, give him your horse, give him your crown, and then let servants walk in front of him yelling, this is the man that the king wants to honor. And then and then the king says, great, Haman, that sounds awesome. Don't do it, do all of that for Mordecai, the man that, that Haman has just come to ask to hang. It's amazing, God's providence at its best. And then, so he has to go do that. He has to go pull, pull a horse with Mordecai on it while he's yelling, this is the man that the king wants to honor. And uh, through the streets of Susa, the capital city. 
And then, so he's mad. And so he goes after that almost directly to the feast. And uh, Esther, at that feast, lets the king know that Haman has devised this plot against Esther and her people uh, to kill them all. And so the king is so mad at Haman now and he leaves and Haman like throws himself at Esther and he begs her to spare his life and so the king comes back in and he sees Haman lying on Esther and he's like you're gonna you're gonna do this right in my palace and so he's like you're dead and so they go they tell him hey uh gallows were just built these 50 foot gallows you could use those and the king's like great go hang Haman on the gallows the gallows that Haman had built to kill Mordecai Haman ends up being hung on and then it just there's no mention of the Lord in any of this which is intentional because they're in they're in Babylon and they're it's sort of this this nod to God is in control in a foreign land. Even if we're not going to use his name, the Lord's providence is all over all of this. And he is protecting his people because after that, they go and send letters about this plot. Uh, The king can't undo the letter that he had already sent, but he can send or have a second letter sent to to the Jews telling them, go protect yourselves. And so that's what he does. And the the Jews end up... uh, Again, a great reversal. The Jews were supposed to be destroyed, but they destroyed their enemies. And many of the enemies of the Jews actually became Jews out of fear for what was going to happen. And so this is the institution of the the festival of Purim, the Jewish holiday that is still goes on today. It's kind of like a Halloween. It's, it's transformed quite a bit. But as you can see, uh, initially it was intended to be a day of feasting and of sharing gifts and food with neighbors and with the poor and this is how it started in Babylon in a, in a land far away from Jerusalem by a queen a, a Jewish queen and a, a pagan king Mordecai her her faithful uncle uh, it's just the the best book I, I love Esther so much and I love what it tells me about who God is because he's in the middle of all of it even if his name isn't mentioned. And so as we wrap up today, I would ask you to consider what does this scripture today tell you about God? And what does it tell you about yourself and your circumstances? And then finally, what was it that the Holy Spirit was stirring up while we were reading? Take those thoughts and turn them into prayers. Be right back here tomorrow. Until then, God bless.